0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. As we speak, Hamas terrorists in Gaza are launching hundreds of rockets into the heart of Israel as millions of Israelis have run to bomb shelters. We've witnessed tragic Israeli casualties, including a young girl and her mother who perished just hours ago. We're days away from Shavuot and receiving the Torah. But how can we focus on Shavuot when we're consumed with this distressing news? And the answer is that we are the Am HaTorah. We are the people of Hashem's Torah. Incredibly, our people have found the wherewithal to cling to the word of Hashem in the most challenging of circumstances. Fleeing from one exile to the next, the Jewish people have always kept the word of Hashem upon our hearts. Today, a challenging day is no different. It's in that spirit that we daven for millions of Israelis in harm's way. And in addition, this is a time of strengthening our connection to the Torah. In today's Torah Journey podcast, we'll take a deeper look at Ruth, As we strive to understand the Megillah and the meaning of Ruth's legacy for our lives, may our preparation for Shavuot be a merit for all of Israel during these challenging days. One of the amazing things about the Jewish people is that we provide the world with a template of meaningful living. You don't have to be rich or famous to live the most meaningful life. In fact, our heroine of this time of year, Ruth, was anything but rich or famous. Now, speaking of the rich and famous, this past week, 44 attorney generals from around the country sent a letter to Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. And in this letter, the AGs urged Zuckerberg to abandon the plans to begin a new Instagram platform for children ages 13 and younger. The letter pointed to numerous adverse effects of social media upon our youth. While Zuckerberg has argued that social media is a tool for connection, The letter rightly points out that social media breeds a sense that you need likes and fame to be important. In fact, new data shows just how much the younger generation today wants to be famous. Fame seems to be a matter more important today than in times past. We even find that young people who feel unliked on social media can have thoughts of despair. In our age of mass media, we associate that recognition with our own value. If people like us, we must have value, and that can lead to feelings of despair. Now, if you lived in ancient Israel, or just about any other time and place, you could have lived your whole life in a little village and not known more than a couple hundred people. Would you say that such a life lacked value? On Shavuot, we explore the life of Ruth. She was not a famous person, so what makes her valuable? In the course of her life, she went down a path that minimized everything people seek today. Fame, money, popularity. Well, here's another question. Why do we want fame? Is it a legitimate desire and benchmark of success? Or is it a misguided modern tendency? Let's first try to answer a different question. Why do we read Ruth on Shavuot? The immediate answer would seem to be that First, it's a book that teaches us about the lineage of David, and second, Ruth is an example of Kabbalah Satara receiving the Torah. The Sfas Emes, a 19th-century Hasidic master, offers a different perspective on why Ruth. We read Ruth because her life teaches us something about our life. The underlying thrust of the Megillah is that the details of the lives of tzaddikim become an integral part of the Torah. In the words of the Sfas Emes, the lies of Tzaddikim add on to the Torah. I'll share an example with you. When Ruth went to the fields of Boaz, he gave her food from the harvest. The Midrash comments that Had Boaz known that this act of chesed would be recorded for all time, he would have fed her prime rib and London broil. He did a chesed in his time out of the goodness of his heart, but it was so hard to appreciate its significance that this was something that would be written for generations. In truth, he did something worthy of being recorded. Why? Because the lives of tzaddikim are a new dimension of the Torah. That's why their lives are recorded, and our lives too have that potential. We too can add upon and explain the Torah through our lives, as it were. As the book of Ruth opens, we learn that Naomi and her husband Elimelech left the land of Israel. Machlon, their son, was married to Ruth, and even after Machlon dies, Ruth remains committed to her mother-in-law. She went to Israel for her love of Naomi and for her love of Hashem. The Megillah states that when Ruth followed Naomi, Ruth clung to her mother-in-law. And this idea of Devekas, clinging, is the very same term the Torah uses so many times, exhorting us to cling and be close to Hashem. As Ruth continues to cling to Naomi, she simultaneously pursues two matters. These pursuits become apparent over the course of two conversations with Boaz. When Ruth first meets Boaz, she's surprised by the kindness of his taking her in. Why have I found favor in your eyes? To recognize me and I am a foreigner. Boaz explains to her that she's done a great thing to come And take refuge under the wings of God's presence. So first we see Ruth's path to find refuge with Hashem. But then there's a later second conversation. When Ruth comes to the threshing floor and suggests that Boaz will be her redeemer and marry her. Here Boaz tells her that this last chesed, this final act of kindness, is even greater than her first chesed. What is the last chesed? When Boaz later takes Ruth as his wife, he explains that they are establishing the name of the deceased husband. In fact, there is a mitzvah in the Torah known as Yubam. Should a man die without children, his living brother will potentially marry the widow, and the product of that marriage is said to establish the name of the deceased. This mitzvah dates back before Sinai to the story of Yehudah and Tamar. When Tamar's first husband died, the brother Onan was supposed to take Tamar as a wife, Onan refused to do this because he knew the seed would not be his. The Torah cites this as an act of wickedness. The Ramban writes, The essence of Yibum is that the child of the widow and the relative of the deceased become the legacy of that deceased husband. Onan could not imagine this idea of investing in the life of a child that would not be his. He was too focused on his own legacy. Bond writes the story of Boaz and Ruth is also a story of Yebum. Only in this Yebum story, both Ruth and Boaz are totally focused on the legacy of someone else, Machlon. When Ruth finally gives birth, the neighbors declare that Naomi, Machlon's mother, has had a child. It's as if her deceased son has come back, and they name the child Oved, which means to serve because Oved is coming in that place of Machlon to serve Hashem. And so not only was Ruth following Naomi to serve Hashem, she also performed the kindness of reestablishing the legacy of her deceased husband through whom she entered the Jewish people. Who was Ruth? On the surface, you would think that her life was not that significant. She was poor, she wasn't famous. While posthumously she became well-known, in her own lifetime, people didn't know about her. And maybe that is the deepest lesson here. You might think that this poor Moabite woman is not a significant person, but looks can be deceiving. She was much more than just a biological mother. She was a matriarch in her own right who forged a path for the future. Sadikim, as the Sfas says, in their lifetime add on to the Torah. Ruth's acts were modest, practically unknown, embracing her mother-in-law, pursuing the legacy of her husband, taking refuge under the wings of God's presence in her own life. These small acts of Ruth were written down and became a part of the greater Torah. And indeed, in the long term, she proved to be the mother of kings, But she was, in her own right, a person whose life itself was a commentary on the Torah. There's an incredible draw that we have towards fame. We're very consumed with PR and the media. Is it legitimate for us to want fame? The problem with fame is that it's not a real thing. If you have 10,000 followers on YouTube, you're going to want 100,000. As Shlomo says, a person does not die with even half their desires fulfilled. The need for fame is a frustrating view of the world. All the ancient leaders tried making their names permanent with great statues and it didn't work out too well for them. About a week ago, the world learned of the divorce of Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. And these are two people who are extremely devoted to philanthropic causes and I only wish them the best. And yet the divorce of this true power couple is an example of why we need the roots of the Torah. Here they were able to extend their influence across the globe and yet fell short in building that successful relationship in their own home. And this speaks to the deeper truth of what a human being should strive to be. We are not our fame, our reach, or our money. We are rather the sum of our deeds at the most local level. Who we are within ourselves and within our own familiar orbit is so critical. Just think of all the greatest moments of the patriarchs and the matriarchs. Those great moments did not happen before throngs of people and great crowds, but rather they happened in intimate closeness with the Almighty. So what do we need in our path if not fame? The truth is, there are important things that we need to bear in mind. One is our need for recognition, and the other is our need for legacy. Every person needs recognition. Indeed, we can see that Ruth herself desired recognition from Boaz. It's a very basic human need to have those around us recognize us for who we are. But then there's another thing that we legitimately want, and that's a legacy. A legacy is not about fame or popularity. It's the idea that you do something in your life, and that action plants something good in the world that sprouts beyond you. It could be having a child, but it could also be living in a way that other people around you admire and grow from. Just last week, I had a couple people call me I should say I called two people, that is, for advice about two different things. And one of them was a friend of mine I called who made it clear that he didn't have the time of day for me. But the other person that I called was a busy rabbi of a show with hundreds of families. And I was telling him of a predicament I was in. Wait, he said, please explain again. I really want to understand what's bothering you. Here was this incredibly busy person who somehow had all the time in the world to spend with me. As I connected with him, I thought about what kind of impact we can have just by caring about the people that are close to us. As we look out in the world of mass media, we can lose sight of the true meaning of our lives. The secret to finding meaning is to recognize that our lives have deep value regardless of how many people know us. There will always be billions of people who don't know us. Fame is hevel, it's vanity, but legacy is real. Legacy is the idea that our lives add on to the Torah because we are unique. And just as Ruth was walking down two roads, the road of serving God and the road of doing chesed, so too we walk down those very roads in our own way. This, Shavuot, and as you consider the meaning of your life, remember the legacy of Ruth. In her own time, she wasn't famous, and yet the deeds that she performed in a local level were great. She cared for her mother-in-law, and she advanced the legacy of her deceased husband. Like Ruth, we too can create a legacy. We don't need a lot of followers to do it. We just need to find those local acts of chesed in our own lives. And as we look to the legacy of Ruth, we daven that all Jews will find refuge under the wings of God's presence. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you'll join me in davening at this time for Israel in these challenging moments May this Shavuot be a time of redemption for Jews everywhere. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast.